0: On this week's episode of 90 Degrees, we are joined by the powerful power ranker, Zach Pitcher, a friend of the show who focuses on football and hockey. Today we're talking about the power ratings, alternate totals, and the Circa Millions Contest. Let's dive into the sharp side and look at the right angles in sports betting. Big bomb. Bangers. Boom. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, Boom. Jews and Gentiles, you are now tuned Bangers. into 90 Boom. Degrees, episode 10, Bangers. where we discuss Bangers. the right sports betting angles. I'm your host, Kevin Davis, and today we're welcoming Zach Pitcher. You can find him on Twitter at BadBetsForFree. Zach, what's the word?
1: How you doing, Kevin? Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, having me on.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, we met at Bed Bash, and you helped me a great deal, uh, mainly because you're big into the power ratings. And I don't know Dick about hockey. You do. I'm really good at putting together simulations of future bets for tournaments. And at work, they're like, "Hey, Kevin, can you write about the Stanley Cup playoffs?" I call Zach. I'm like, "Hey, how are your hockey power ratings?" You're like, "Oh yeah, it's good." Took the power ratings. Made the simulation, and better than the sports I actually watch, uh, the numbers were amazing. Um, not many good bets in there, which is always a good sign of good numbers, but we found a couple. They didn't win, but they did beat the closing line right before the tournament start started. I was all over the Rangers. I'm sure the Hammer people are interested that I was not very keen on the Maple Leaves. But it was a fun ride, so
1: which worked out well, right and And if I remember correctly, the flames had some good value in there too, and they had a, a deep yeah. run before they lost to the you know the the avalanche or not yeah the avalanche who um, you know ultimately won the cup. So what are you going to do there?
0: So behind every great better is a great network. So I guess our icebreaker is how do you approach power ratings? And then once you make them, how do you use them to come up with a spread?
1: So I, have, I have couple, yeah. So I have a couple, and I, and this is honestly, it's it's a question that I I go back and forth on all the time because there's a couple different ways I create power rankings, right? Some of them are really subjective, truthfully, and others are completely objective. Um, In the sense where I'll I'll do, I guess, the two methods that I primarily use are I'll look at different stats to sharpen up my subjective opinions and like say, hey, you know, category one to five, you know, I'll use I'll use the NHL, for example. Hey, if I think, you know, goaltending is 40 percent of a team's value and then five on five performance is 30 percent and then you have, you know, another 30 percent that's special teams. Right which probably isn't accurate, but I can sit there and say, you know, I'm going to grade each goal goaltending, and I can look at different stats and say, this team is a 4.8 out of five or a 4.7 out of five and, and kind of go down different categories doing that. And then other, the other way I'll do it. And I use this more in, in football is I'll create essentially a formula with different measurements and I'll try to grade different aspects of a team with each formula. So like I have a certain formula where I grade offensive line play, and then another one where I grade quarterback play and then secondary play and then front seven play and then special teams, and then try to aggregate some stats. And, and this is the hardest thing to do in this method in coaching, right? Cause it's so hard to, how do you grade coaching objectively? Um, but use things like penalties, first downs through penalties, first downs given up through penalties Um, and then kind of mix in some special team stuff there. And then really just, um, you know, kind of aggregate all those different metrics into a power ranking and then try to, um, you know, run a regression where I have everything kind of standardized along a bell curve. So that's pretty much what I, what I try to do in, in football the most. And that's where I've had my most success in hockey. I'm not quite that sophisticated yet. And to scrape all that data, as I know, you know, very well is a ton of work. Um, whereas on the football side, you know, I, I pay to, to access, uh, kind of scraped and cleaned up data so I can just go in and automate that process.
0: Yeah. They definitely make the data hard to scrape because they want you on the website rather than taking what's on the webpage and not using the site.
1: Yeah. just live it in Excel, right?
0: Exactly. So now like, you definitely use a mix of a lot of bottom-up. You're not mm-hmm. taking someone's like own numbers and then fleshing them out to yours. You're just taking the stats, using some trial and error, some qualitative and some quantitative work, and coming up with a number. How, many, how much tinkering is involved uh, with your power ratings?
1: I mean, every week I, I probably spend... You know, it's at least especially now in, in football season, um, I probably spend 10 hours a week just messing with my grading system. Right. And those different formulas. And then I spend a lot of time watching film. But I would say in the power ranking side, it's a lot of time. It's probably 10 hours. And again, this isn't my full time job. Right. Like I have a full time job and a wife. And then I'm still spending 10 hours a week just messing with those numbers, trying to get everything in line to the point where, you know, I think they're pretty solid. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm working on creating some sort of feed, feedback loop, you know, through regression to, to determine whether or not these are any good, if these power rankings are useful at all. Uh, but I'm not quite there yet, truthfully.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely incredible. Now, do you ever track your own power ratings against some of the major ones to see how the major people are doing against you?
1: For sure. And I think the, the one thing and like the people who are really good at this typically don't give out their power rankings. So it's easy to like, you know, I'm like tracking against like ESPN or pro football focus, you know. Um, and the one thing I'll notice pretty consistently is I win loss record means a lot less to me right like you'll know, some of those public power rankings they're really focused on what's your winning record what's your loss record um i think like the new york giants is the perfect example of that where all year long like you just see them climbing power rankings and i'm like yeah there's still a bottom third team like at their best they you could say they're middle of the pack but i remember at one point like espn had them as a top eight team for two weeks in a row and and that's just not The case i think that's that's not grounded in in their
0: fpi or their subjective power ratings
1: um the 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 f what do you mean fpi
0: the football power index is that what they call it for nfl i know they call it that for college
1: yeah yeah no I, i i get what you're saying yeah i mean um the Typically, I'm I'm more referring to like my objective, like, hey, I built this algorithm that's supposed to mm-hmm. tell me how good a team is and comparing that to whatever ESPN says or some of the other public, you know, entities, Bleacher Report, right? I don't know if I should be shouting out any of these people. We can just bleep them out. The four-letter network. Um, they're not any good anyway. So, yeah, um, I would say that's probably – they're definitely different.
0: I mean, ESPN's college numbers – have been good in the past yeah i now, mean ne- i never look at like the list that don't have the numbers the lists are like the clickbait stories they're not like the nitty-gritty numbers
1: right yeah i mean i think anyone can have good rankings right just because it's quote-unquote public doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong um i think You know, if you're too much in line with publicly, you know, again, to public, what does that word even mean? But public power rankings, you're not going to have any edge. So you want to see some sort of discrepancy, um, but you also don't want to be too far off the market. I think so. It's a fine line. Like using power rankings, and this is why top down is so. I think everyone loves top down, right? It's so popular because it's really hard to do bottom up and. There's so many times where, you know, you you might think you have an edge, but you don't. You might think you have no edge, but you do. Um, it's and it, I think it's important to to try to use both as as, you know, as a, as a quality handicapper.
0: And I'm sure that once you have the NFL power ratings and you come with a spread, you definitely do some manual adjustments for the key numbers
1: for sure definitely for key numbers um and for key aspects right so like your power rankings might not account for like the Colts are a good example like the power rankings are skewed by a lack of jonathan taylor and an infusion of sam ellinger right so you have to you could have all these great power rankings but then you have to adjust and then yeah you're sitting there and you you certainly have to adjust for key numbers as well
0: Uh, the Colts, for example are like a huge minefield this season and it's just especially hard with you know the small data that you have for football.
1: Yeah. Especially in the NFL, right? Like it's, it's such a short season. Um, I think, yeah. And I don't do too much college. I think we've, we've talked about that in the past, but yeah, the, the NFL is, is tricky and there's so much turnover year to year with coaching staffs, quarterback situations. I mean, especially in the last few years, it's definitely, you know, you could look at two, three years in the past, that's why I like doing the objective power rankings, though, because you can, um, and the way you kind—I ca- I try to like see if they're any good, you know, right now. And this is eventually again, I'd like to refine this process, but I'll take a set of power rankings and then run them through seasons three, four, five years ago, and see which teams rank well. And you already know the outcome of those games. So you're sitting there and you're like, well, these were playoff teams. Did they grade well? And then like, Oh, well this team was dangerous all year, but did they grade well? You know? So that's kind of one thing that I try to do to help. I wouldn't say solve for it, but at least kind of mitigate some of the the risk there of, of not having a big sample size, but it is still a lot of just subjective handicapping and guesswork.
0: Do you ever look at the closing line and come up with power ratings from that, like a Vegas closing line power rating where you, you know, consistently keep track of what the spread is each week. And from there you can have a a number on every team and then compare it to your own numbers.
1: I definitely track which teams my power rankings are grading accurately. Right. So like if a team, like I, for a, for at one point, I didn't, I couldn't get the Chiefs right to save my life, but I was all over the Lions. You know what I mean? When when I had an edge on the Lions, it moved towards them, and when I didn't, it moved away. Um, so yeah, I mean, to to a certain degree, not in any sort of statistically uh, valid way. It's really just the eye test, truthfully. But it's absolutely something I'm thinking of
0: now. When there's like an injury announced and the spread changes, do you keep track of how much it moved? For if you need to put a, a point number on the player's impact on the spread,
1: I don't. I probably should. Um, I I I think, and like this is probably where my handicap in the NFL is different than than people who are probably uh, better than me at it. I I like to kind of fade injury news. You know what I mean? If if I see. Like, the, in my opinion, the only position in, in football that's worth more than one point in an injury is the quarterback, right? So when I see, like, if Miles Garrett is out for the Browns and it moves a point and a half, I'm like, well, I think that's an overreaction. So maybe now I want to look the other way. And you're still using your power rankings, but you can't rely 100% on power rankings, right? You have to You have to involve other components, I think
0: what if it's like a combination of like position group people, then wouldn't it be worth more than point? Like if it's several offensive
1: linemen or backups, any you know yeah, cluster injury discussion, right? For sure. Yeah. I think cluster injuries are are definitely a big part of, um, you know, just trying to figure out what to do when you're looking at a game there. It's certainly more important, like, especially if in, it, it, that's when it comes, matchups come into play, right? So if you're looking at, a team, let's say they're playing, you know, I don't know, um, the Lions, right? And that team that the Lions are playing are missing two, three players in their front seven. Well, the Lions can run the football a little bit, right? That's that's dangerous. So I don't just blindly say, hey, this cluster injury, now we need to downgrade it significantly. It becomes more of a conversation about, okay, is missing these players – a big deal based on what the team they're playing does well. Um, so offensive, I guess the only um, exception of that is offensive line. The one you mentioned offensive linemen, there's not a lot of depth in the NFL, right? Backups are not starters for a reason um, and, and it falls off quickly. And I think, you know, teams will attack offensive linemen more than other positions for whatever reason like you could have a fill in cornerback or a fill in safety and and you just don't see teams attack them as much as you might think they just kind of play their offense but when you see backup offensive linemen in teams absolutely attack those players run stunts and especially in a cluster situation you're going to see stunts and twists and and pressure and, and a lot of like dog blitzes, you're going to see a lot of different things, right? Um, at least that's in my opinion, um, which I'm sure other people would disagree.
0: Well, you know, that's why we have opinions and then you bet them out. And then you, you see how they do, because that's why sports betting is great compared to most other fields. Cause if your opinion's wrong, you're going to know it pretty quickly by the money you lose. Yes. Yeah. Whereas if it's like other professions, if your opinion's wrong, you can get promoted. Because you're gonna year, getting people to agree with you.
1: You could just keep sliding along. Yeah,
0: 100%. And we all know there's people. And then there's people like me that write frequently when it's unpopular. And then even when we're proven right, they're like, why are we going to listen to this putz?
1: Yeah. Um, that's life. I think I think you should give yourself more credit than that, my friend. But but I get where you're coming from.
0: I mean, the guy who said that the the earth wasn't flat got executed for it.
1: yeah um and the earth wasn't the center of the universe or even our solar system right i mean that's that's the way it goes and then i guess
0: i could say is outside of sports betting it's possible to lose when you're right
1: yeah for sure and in sports betting if you're right you're right although you know and you've had this conversation a couple different times on this podcast you know, sometimes you can be right and be wrong if you win the bet, but you lose closing closing line value, right? So uh, that's, you know, I guess the exception to the rule in sports betting.
0: Yeah. Or if you, if there's like a correlated prop market, that is a better EV than what you're betting already.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Like in terms of, okay, you have an angle, you it out what you're going to bet and then you bet it the wrong way.
1: Yes, um, which happens more frequently than I would like to admit, but it does happen.
0: Now, do you ever attack these NFL or NHL prop markets based on the data you have?
1: Yeah, I I like to do a lot of alternate spreads, um, both in hockey and in the NFL. Like if I have uh, like the and and I'm going to probably bite, you know, we'll watch this back and laugh if this is horribly wrong. Uh, I, I have the Jaguars this week as a as a pretty good team to attack on an alternate spread. I know they're on the road. I think they're a much better team than the Lions, um, and I think that line is a little bit off. Which again, if you're top down, you would never say that. The market's always right, but I I have taken in a couple different um, circumstances like. Jags minus three and a half, right? Where you move the line in the opposite way to get a big plus number. And I'll do it all the time in hockey where if especially on the puck line, I'll do an alternate puck line. If I think the wrong team's favored, and then I'll sit there and say, Okay, now instead of laying, you know, call it a plus one forty, plus one thirty-five money line, I'll take minus one and a half and I'll be getting close to plus three hundred. And those have been pretty good for me. Um You know, and 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 again, it's more than just power rankings. There's a lot that goes into that, but I definitely try to to use my power rankings to attack some of those alternate spreads. And then from player props, probably not as much, just because I do more more aggregated team based things. But I definitely get after the the alternate spreads.
0: Yeah, these alternate spreads in the NFL can be kind of tricky because, you know, I'm finding less and less value, but I am finding more and more value on getting the juicy ones. You get a minus 200 alternate spread.
1: Yeah. Oh, so you go the other way where instead of trying to get a plus number, you want to grab. Yeah. And that's definitely another way to do it. I I probably do that less. I've done it a couple of times this season. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely it, another way to do it.
0: Especially CFL. Like those old lines are terribly priced.
1: Well, you're the king of CFL, Kevin. So I I can't even, you know, all I know is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Go Rough Riders.
0: That's right. That's going to be another episode I wear my Saskatchewan Rough Riders hat. Love that. This is Seattle Pilots. That was before they were the Milwaukee Brewers. They played in Seattle for a year, and then Bud League bought them.
1: How about that? You know, I almost guessed you were wearing a Saskatchewan hat, but I was like, no, that's too easy. He wouldn't wouldn't do that.
0: (laughs) Yes, Saskatchewan's all about the green. Oh okay.
1: Um, yeah, see, I don't, I don't know, I don't even know their colors. I'm, I'm a bad guest. I got to, uh, I should have done my Rough Riders. Research. I mean,
0: nobody knows CFL colors except for me <laughs> and people in Western Canada.
1: Yes, yeah, the good old people. I of, mean, uh, Ontario,
0: like outside of Hamilton and Ottawa, like the the CFL popularity is pretty low.
1: Yeah, I should know something. I had a, a he graduated where I went to school because um, I played Division three football, right? And he graduated like f- three or four years before I got there, but he played in the CFL for like eight years. Jason Bourne, yeah, so if, if you know the name.
0: My girlfriend went to the, your, your uh, alma mater. Yes, good um, old Hartwick College, baby. And she's slightly older, but whenever I hang out with her college friends and I mention CFL, they're like,
1: oh, yeah, we've heard about it. Jason Boltis, man. Yeah, he was uh he set like every record our school ever had a quarterback and then went and played football in, in Canada. And then
0: he was a third stringer in Hamilton. Yes. Right. Yeah, I believe that's hey, at least that's, he made it.
1: You know, if you get paid to play football, that's not a bad lifestyle.
0: Well, maybe it is a bad lifestyle because um you're getting injured all the time, uh, you're not making enough money, your career ends early.
1: Yeah, he's probably regardless, I'll bet on it i'm I'm guessing you know he's probably selling insurance like me now, so what are you gonna do?
0: There you go so now you recently moved from New York to Arizona. Mm-hmm. How are the sports books in Arizona compared to New York, which has very limited options?
1: um it's night and day. the Arizona markets are awesome i mean i I've really enjoyed them and i I know. You know, you've talked a lot about New Jersey. I have friends who, who, when they still, to this day, living in New York City, will take the train over to New Jersey because the New York markets are um, a bit of a disaster. But I mean, the, the Arizona markets are just, they have more options. Um, there, There's less squeeze. And you have so many books that, you know, if you really wanted to, you could kind of arb your way through whatever you wanted and, and find ways to be profitable. Right. Because there's, there's a, there's a decent amount of, of options. So it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it really is. I I think they did airs Arizona did it right. Right. And the other thing too, is even if you didn't want to use the apps, there's so many casinos here, like local, like native American casinos that you can run to. And sometimes those lines are, not you know you're not going to find them on Don best that's for sure, and they're not in line with the rest of the market, so there's some there's some local sports books here that are are pretty solid as well,
0: yeah, I found out in Atlantic City too, where some of the machines don't have the lines that are on an odd screen
1: oh wow. like even
0: if it's a branded casino, the in person kiosk will use a different line than the app
1: that's crazy uh, I will you know what though i I had that experience too. Uh, with uh, Bet Rivers in Schenectady, New York where I went to there and they were giving plus money two team teasers and you can't get that on their app yeah, six point, six and a half point NFL teasers what? So if any, anyone's in Schenectady, New York uh, they're still doing it, I'm pretty sure, um, but you could get like any team you wanted at like plus 115 two team teasers, incredible and what were the push rules? Um, you know, I should know that, but I don't.
0: And did they have like reverse teasers as well of the machines? Yeah. I've been messing around with those recently.
1: Yeah. The pleasers. Yep. I, they definitely had those as well. Um, I didn't do as much of those at the time though, when I was, when I was back there, just because, uh, I had, uh, an offshore book that had some really good odds for, for those types of bets. So I, I usually stuck to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy cuz there's one sports book that I'm not going to name where it's only in like two states, New Jersey being one of them, and they have pleasers that you can do on totals, including basketball. Oh, wow. <laughs> there are like 4-point plus 600 uh two team basketball pleasers.
1: That's crazy. And they wouldn't react
0: if you're going through zero or if you're going through totals. It was nuts.
1: That's wild. Wait, Kevin, where do you stand on on totals and teasers or pleasers? Because I I've moved away from them except in correlated situations, right. Where like, um, like this Thursday night is a good example for me, I think, because I'm, I, I have a bunch of ones where I move the paths up and the total up to take the under, um, you know, so dog and trying to get some value on the under as well. But at least I think that's correlated for a couple different reasons. Um, but wh- where do you stand on that? Because I've gotten to arguments with people who say you should never tease or, or please, I guess, as well, totals. Where, what do you think?
0: Well, please totals you definitely want to do especially if it's a huge game. Like the okay. pleasers, you just take the opposite of the teaser rules. Um, okay. So
1: you just, you're just you just arbing both sides.
0: No, I'm not arbing. Okay. Like teasers, they have the set rules of don't go through zero, don't do totals. Right, right. And pay attention to the key numbers. And pleasers, you're trying to please, but not go through the key numbers and please through totals. So now... I always look for the exception because you can double check your math. One way I like doing is you go on the Betstamp stamp app and you put in the, uh, the teaser price for a single leg, which you can always find by you take the uh, implied probability of the take uh, payout. So let's say you have your plus plus one fifteen six and a half six and a half point. You do one divided by 2.15. You get that number and you get the root of it. And that, and then you figure out the uh, the break even price, and you put it into you put you put it into the Betstamp app, and you see if yeah. the Betstamp app tells you if it has closing line value or not. You can also, besides doing that, you can check on some sharp books that have alt lines, and see if the alt line payout um, is worse than the single leg of the teaser payout. And you can do that for pleasers, you can do that for teasers. And if you combine all these bets that have an edge together, like the edge gets multiplied. So it is a risky bet. But I always tell my friends who are betting parlays, they never tell them that parlays are awful. So here's some plus E V parlays you can do. Do it this way instead. Yeah, I like that. Because I'm not gonna because they they want the thrill of having like a big bet where they put a little money down and they win a bunch and like one of these guys i mentioned him on a previous episode he's a real estate developer and he had like a $30 11 leg parlay and i was with him when it hit and it paid 19,000 yeah and he was asking me oh do i have to worry about getting banned i'm like no they're they're going to make you a care. vip <laughs> yeah they
1: they want your action all day long they want that 19k back
0: <laughs> so like i'm i'm pleading with him and i'm like we got to get you a vip at all these sports books and just have you put it nothing but plus EV parlays in. Because they'll keep giving you promos. Especially if you have like parlays that are being a closing line on every leg. Yeah. Or most of the legs. Or if you're doing these pleaser and teasers. like, And they won't look the other way with this guy's profession. Because they're going to think, oh, this is a guy with a lot of money who's not very smart. Sure. So, Did he like, do it? Not yet. I'm working on it. I'm also okay. like trying to pitch him into making it like a Netflix series. Where oh, we do how, how I made a million dollars betting on sports in the year.
1: That's amazing. I love that. Uh, I don't
0: even know if like a million dollars would be enough to tempt him.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, it'd be if not, to- maybe
0: we'll just get him on the pod and he'll talk about what he does. <laughs> he'll talk and about then- his exact score parlays.
1: That's fantastic. And then people will have to, uh, you know, for the, for the, Caller in or, or, you know, people who who write in, they'll have to, you know, urge him on in the right direction to 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 get out there, get some VIP money and do the promo circus, because those promo money um, bonuses, man, kind of change the game if if you can get into them in the right way.
0: Yeah, I got spoiled being in New Jersey early on, but now the promos are not what they used to be. Yeah, Which made yeah. sense because how do you make money as a business just giving away money?
1: Yeah, and and I think, I always wondered, and this is a little nerdy, but from an accounting perspective, how do you, like when you're doing deposit matches, they have to have all that money on hand, right? Otherwise, yeah. they're just printing money out of thin air, essentially. I mean, it has to be their money that they're putting up for these like risk-free bets. Otherwise, they're just literally like in a negative deficit, um, if people were win, um, and they're obviously just counting on the fact that people will lose and they're going to make their money because it's a a sports book, right? But you know what I'm talking about? Like when they're giving you these matches and all these like, you know, deposit bonuses and and risk-free bets. And, you know, where's that money coming from? Unless they have it legitimately in a bank account. Otherwise, they're just printing fake money and leveraging themselves in a negative. I mean, that would be a
0: huge scandal if a regulated sports book gets caught writing bets they can't pay out.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. I guess that's the whole point of regulation, right? They have to have that money on hand.
0: I mean, I think the whole point of regulation was so the government can make the money that people are already betting. And supposedly for consumer protection, but I don't know how much consumer protection there is when these big corporations are coming up with
1: new bets that have a higher house advantage. It feels like the opposite of consumer protection. Honestly, it, it feels like the only people being protected are the sports books uh, and, and the advertisers. I mean, they, besides the fact that everything they push, I mean, you, you're on gambling, Twitter, it's a cesspool these days. I mean, all the influencers who are on there posting their parlays and their boosted odds. And it's all just nonsense. And, and that's what the books want you to bet. But then as soon as you start showing, oh, I'm going to bet responsibly, look at the math, understand what I'm doing and and be good at it. They kick you out. And, you know, their idea of, oh, bet responsibly is, you know, create a budget, which, you know, bankroll management is obviously incredibly important, but, it's just so disingenuous and, and they're not held accountable in any way. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that changes in the next couple of years. But that is, that's why my Twitter's bad bets for free. Uh, there's just so many bad actors in this, in this space and everyone who's out there just pushing these, but it started with the, I mean, the tout between the touts and then the sports book hiring terrible touts who are awful at, at winning bets. And then pushing that is like, if you're not following so and so, you don't know what you're doing. Like this person, look at their bet stamp. They're lo- they're they're a loser. They don't win. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a tough tough uh, tough. Sweat. I mean,
0: technically, I'm working for the sports book because I work for thegameday.com, and you read my articles and you say, "Oh wow, he's right," and he click the link to my favorite pick and he signed up for the book. I mean, I'm helping yeah, the sports books to get customers.
1: Yeah, but you're good at it right? Like you, and you're grounded in math and, and like, that's, that's a different discussion to me than like the, what I I, I call it, like gambling influencer Twitter, right? Like you're a legitimate sharp and you're giving mathematical viewpoints that are, are, are based in reality, right. As opposed to the, the vibes, right. Or like the, the group chat, um, memes, right? Like meme me and I get it, like it's harmless fun in a lot of ways. But at the same time, I feel like it makes it harder for people to take, you know, guys like you and me seriously, right? Because it's like, well no one actually wins. It's like, no, well you can win. Like it it's you just need to do it the right way. But then as soon as you start doing it the right way, you get banned or limited or or put in a position where you can't actually bet anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean like the gamblers you see on the TV or the Twitter, they're all about like being good looking or being around other people that are good looking and having luxury items. Yeah, and then most of the sharps I know, um, you know, don't like to talk about themselves being sharp because they're worried about they're not sharp enough that they don't belong in the space.
1: Yeah, I mean that's I have that insecurity all the time. That it's like, am I just have I just been getting lucky? You know what I mean? It especially being a bottom-up modeler, right? Like I, for the most part, right? Because the top-down stuff, if you're disciplined about it and you grind and you scrape, like, you know, you're not getting lucky, right? Like you're just, you're, you're following a process. When you're going bottom-up, I have that insecurity all the time. I'm like, are these numbers nonsense? Like, do I even know what I'm talking about? Do I have any idea what's going on? Uh, But, and like the other, you know, and this is a little off topic. So i feel free to cut this from the pot, but like even this year in, in the circuit contest, I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, I'm getting my ass kicked out here. And then you look at the numbers, you're like, oh, I'm at, I'm hitting at 59 and 57%. That's pretty good. But it's like, but like in the contest, it's not even good for top 500 right now. Like it's so, it it's, I don't know. It's tricky, man. It's tricky.
0: Yeah. So the contest game is something I'm, getting new at because I went to the Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, They had a betting competition last year. Uh, It's called the Overs Club, where for every single over that hit, you got two points. You bet up to 50 a week, college or NFL. And if you're top 50, you get $300 for each week. And if you're top 100 or top three in your state that isn't top 100, you get invited to a tournament in person with a million in prizes. So my brother kept hyping it up. How was genius. I was doing this contest because I was just betting every week. And I finally qualified and I was in it. And I had a great strategy. And the first four games of this contest hit. And I was like, wait a minute, how come people are ahead of me? And it turned out I didn't read the rules properly. And you can just bet on the same thing over and over again. And so, if like a team is a three-point favorite, you can bet three points. Then the game starts, and you can bet them at three and a half. You can bet them at four, Mm -hmm. as long as it's a different bet within a certain odd range, it counts. So you just keep watching the game and doubling down, and doing the alt lines, as long as it was between minus one twenty-five and plus one twenty-five. So I finally understood the rules, and then I caught up, and I needed to finish top ten to get five figures. And I was sitting between 11 and 15 the whole weekend. And finally, the in-person event comes. I'm 14th place. And I finally loaded up on the Detroit Pistons. They were up, I think, 17 points at the half. And if they held on, I would have been top 10, got a huge-ass bag. And then they lost by seven. So, you know, that was awful. Now, this weekend... Barstool Sportsbook is having a regional qualifier to this year's competition. Not as much in prizes, but in order to qualify for the regional, it was basically like a contest where if you bet a lot, you qualify. Sure. So uh, the best way to get points were the casino. So I just did blackjack, lightning hands where he play as fast as he can, kept playing it, got a bunch of raffle tickets, and then, I was like, oh, I didn't get an email from them. I guess I wasn't selected. And then suddenly I get an email. You're invited. So Philadelphia this weekend, I'm there. It's an NFL contest. The eight games that start at 1 p.m. And now I'm looking more into contest strategy to figure out, okay, besides reading the rules, when to be contrarian, when to not be contrarian. If you are going to be contrarian or going with the crowds, how do you put the bets together? So it'll be interesting. Hopefully next episode, I'm celebrating a win because if I finish top three, I make the national championship, which I believe is in Arizona this year.
1: Uh, which... we'll, we'll hang out. I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll be your biggest supporter. I'll be writing the sports book with you. It'll be a fun day.
0: So hopefully it all works out besides getting the small prize money just so I can get a championship belt. That would be awesome. So, so now I bring all this up because you have done well in Circa Millions in the past. So explain what Circa Millions is and how you approach it and how you've done.
1: Yeah, so Circa Millions is a uh, high stakes ATS contest, right? So you got to pick five games against the spread each week uh, in, in each entry. And, you know, you got to submit all your games at the same time. So if you pick a Thursday game, like I you know, and the number is three and a half at circa. So I'm proud I considered because I feel strongly about the Patriots, right. For a couple different reasons this week, Um, considered taking that. But if I did that, then I have to have all my Sunday games or if I choose Monday night in on Thursday. So probably going to sit that out, but you, you submit your five games um, being out of state, you know, and starting this whole thing. I was in New York. So I use a proxy. Um, to get my picks submitted each week. And, you know, I'm just trying to find the the right five every week and the right five uh, doesn't always mean the five that I think are most likely to, to, to win. Right. Because sometimes you want to um, and it depends on where you are, right? Like early on, it, but you might want to try to fade, or, or be contrarian to where you know other people are in the contest are gonna are gonna lay especially if you think you might have an opportunity to win the other side right so and, and that changes as the year goes on they also have quarterly prizes they have what they call the booby prize for last place that's also quarterly right so so you you can enter it um, there's a lot of ways to monetize these these contest entries um, at least with the circa millions so you know, last year, I, I mean, a good friend of mine uh, did a ticket together and then I did a couple on my own and wound up with, you know, a, a, an entry at 23rd place and then another one um, at, at, at 53rd, which was right outside the money because it's top 50 that got paid last year, top 50, top 100 this year. And it was like heartbreaking when you looked at the payouts this year because, you know, I mean, those two entries hit at sixty six point seven percent against the spread and sixty seven point three percent against the spread. So these are like insane and like unbelievable runs over the course of an NFL season, and still didn't win. Right, number one, the first place was I think just under seventy percent or just over seventy. I don't recall. Um, but you're sitting there and you're like. Wow, I had these amazing all-time runs in, for an NFL season, and then you know one of them didn't even place in the money, right? Which is just wild. And then you look at the the payouts this year, the top one hundred. Like if I got if I get twenty third this year, like it's like over twenty grand, you know, it's like twenty five thousand dollars. And when when I did it, it was only like seven thousand dollars, which isn't nothing. That's still wonderful and fantastic, but big Delta there. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I try early on in the season just to pick my best five. Um, and that's where the power rankings are maybe a little less useful because you don't have any data on this season, you know, and, and like a one game, two game, three game, the first quarter is typically the, the hardest for me. Um, I've, I've had a real good third quarter here. I was in the running until last week. I had a three and two on my, on my top entry, um, but I was in the running for the quarterly prize for the third quarter because uh, out of, you know, the, the 15 total points, I had like 13 and a half, right? So I was really starting to heat up and then I had a three and two and that pretty much pulls me out of the opportunity for that. But like the quarterly prize, first place for the quarterly is 150 grand. know what i mean so if you get hot for one quarter which is you know five weeks of play i think in in this one they break it up because it's not even um over the course of 18 weeks right you can't there's no quarter that's whole um you could make a lot of money in these and you know when the entry is only a thousand dollars only a thousand dollars you know, it's almost like playing uh, a parlay card, like a, a, a high, you know, a high value parlay where like you can put in a little to win a ton, but then you're still just picking individual games and getting rewarded for each game that you pick. So I really like, I really like contests. Um, I did the Survivor too and was able to monetize last year because I got into the top 100 of the Circus Survivor last year. Um, and then lost on Thanksgiving with the Cowboys to the Raiders in the single most penalized game in the history of the NFL, but we won't get into that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I love the contests, and, and I like, besides just picking the games, the game theory that goes into it. So, like, this year, you know, I have two individual entries, and I'm tanking one for the booby prize and trying to win the other and picking just my exact opposites every week. And just trying to say, look, the end of year booby, how many people that signed up are actually trying from start to finish to come in last place. So I am I'm, I'm guessing that, and it's impossible to actually know, but I'm guessing there's some positive expected value from doing that. And then on the other side, I've, I've got these entries that I'm trying to to really go out there and, and win the whole thing. in. and, you know, right now, um, in terms of my positioning, probably not going to win. Right. But certainly uh, within striking distance of, of getting into that top 100 and and making money. So um, especially with the third quarter that I've had, I'm going to have to finish strong. Right. But still, uh, still a lot of football to be played sort of. Now,
0: do you ever look at the public bet percentage data for these contests or is it not really correlated because that's the public versus the sharps that are doing circa millions.
1: You know, I did the last two years. um, Well, last year, two years ago, I wasn't in the contest, but I followed it really closely. And that's what made me want to get into it. Um, Last year, I did a lot of that this year. I haven't as much. uh, I don't really trust the bet percentages stuff. I did before. Um, but like you know, you can look at some of these things like like you know, DraftKings loves to release their bet percentages. Oh, here's the percentage versus the handle. But I don't know, and and um, I don't I don't know if you care if I mention it. But like Jeff Benson phrased it perfectly, and I actually asked Bill A. D. one time when I met him. Uh, before bet bash and was like, Hey, cause they have this up on the vsin page where it's like, Oh, your percentages. And I was like, how, how do like, is that for the new number? What happens when a number moves? Like, does the percent, mm. like, is it a lot? Like, what does this even mean? Right. Cause, Oh, it can be, you know, 40% of bets, but 80% of money, but that was, you know, two and a half points ago on the spread. Right. Like how do I know um, what, what, it just, I don't really trust it. I don't think there's a, an, un, at least for me, I don't understand the numbers enough behind it to, to use those. Um, I will say though, I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what the top five consensus picks in the contest are going to be. Cause I do not want to be on those picks at all. Um, I have no interest in being on those picks. And you don't think, think, think the
0: Jaguars that- will be one of them, for example.
1: Exactly right because I know that those like there you don't you just don't gain anything like oh you won that one but the rest of the yeah the rest of the contest did too so like you know and there's times where like I'm like look a, a wins a win we're gonna take it I feel really good about it but I try as, as often as I possibly can to stay away from 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 being on on the consensus place.
0: Um, and is your record at predicting what the consensus plays are good or
1: you need to get better at it? I definitely need to get better at it. Um, it's, it's tricky, right? Because you're not even, you're, you're, you're trying to find ticket count and it's a pretty diverse collection. I think of people in these contests, right? So like, um, Chiefs bangles this week. That is a, a game that I think is going to go one of two ways. Either it's going to be a game where no one touches either side, or both sides have the potential to be a top consensus pick. Right. So it's like, and, and I couldn't tell you one way or the other. Right. I know I think the public, it's going to be a crazy bet game in the public eye, but in the contests, like, because everyone who's still doing this and taking it seriously is going through the same thought process. I think, at least that's what I'm assuming. Right. I'm trying to assume in these contests that people are are approaching it in a, at least a similar manner that I am. But is that even a safe assumption? I'll say this, like when I went and signed up, I talked to everyone I could in that sports book to try to gauge like, are these people taking this as seriously or is it just fun for them? Right. And, and there's a, there's a pretty, there's a mix there, right? Like one guy um looked at me and he was like, Don't worry, man, like I'm not your competition. Cause he was like asking me questions about my handicapping style. And I'm just like, I, I don't know if I want to, and he could sense my hesitancy. He's like, look, man, I'm not your competition. Like, I'm just doing this so my wife doesn't yell at me when I lose, you know, 500 dollars a week. Like now I, I have action on these games in the form of the contest, and it's a fixed loss of a thousand dollars. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's one way to do it. Um, but I, I think there's a certain degree of that in there. So it's, it's hard. It's really hard to pick the top consensus plays. And there's been weeks where I'm like, Oh, that's definitely going to be a consensus play and I'm dead wrong. And there's ones where like, I don't think anyone's going to play this and then everyone's on it. So it's hard to do. It it, it really is. It's I think it's a lot easier to guess what the public's going to be on outside of a contest than in a contest.
0: Yeah. And it gets especially difficult when you get a big field, you have to take more risks than if it's a smaller field.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, there was a couple of times early in the season where you're like, Oh, I know, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a consensus. So let's take the opposite, you know? Um, and sometimes that pays off. Sometimes it doesn't, but I've I've done that a couple of times this year. It hasn't really paid off this year. If it had, I'd, I'd be in a much better position, but uh, you know, that that is the world of, of sports betting.
0: So now tell us about this Sharps toolbox you're developing for people to come up with their own power ratings.
1: Yeah. So so Sharps Toolbox, and it's it, it's live now, it's completely free. Anyone who wants to jump on it can. Um, there's still some there's some there's a lot of things we want to do with it as as we continue down the road though. But we essentially created a platform where you can play around with any NFL statistic you want. Right. And right now it's just team data. We have player data, which we're working on so that you can play around with maybe for daily fantasy sports or player props or whatever you're looking to do, but it's a, it's a power ranking tool. So the vision in the future is you could go in and grade quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers for whatever you might want to do right now, though, you have access to just about every stat you could possibly imagine in, in the NFL, and then you can combine them in any ways you want. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of per play stuff in my power, power rankings. So like, I'll have, you get like, uh, for example, like you can have first downs by passing and first downs by rushing for a team. And then I'll add those together and divide it by total offensive plays. And I have first downs per play right? So I'm messing around creating my own stats and then I can graph them and chart them. So like if I have an individual matchup, I can go in and say, all right, here are the 15 stats that matter to me. Here's my power rankings that I've created. Let me graph these things out. Let me chart them out. And then let me, you know, kind of try to create a spread based off of them." Right. Um, and there's again, we're missing so many different things. We we want to be able to put in like a game handicapping component where once you've created your power rankings and your like neutral field spread, then you can go in and say, Okay, I want to create these different categories and put in numbers and say, Okay, I want to give the Dolphins a, a point and a half or a two point home field advantage. But you know, two is out, so then I'm going to go minus two and a half on on injury report, you know, and kind of create these out so you can m- mesh together, you know, objective power rankings with subjective handicapping and create your own spreads. And that's the idea behind the tool. And then, you know, we're also building in, we call it the, the tool sharpener, where you can create your own metrics, create your own power rankings, and then run a regression to see if they're any good. Because that's the other thing right now. You can create whatever you want, um, but are they any good? So that's where, and I kind of talked about this earlier, you know, what I'll do is create a power ranking and then look back historically and say, okay, well, let me run this, these, you know, formulas through 2020 or 2019 data. And then the teams that are kicked out, I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. I know these were playoff teams. They grade really well with this power ranking. So I can say, I think this might be pretty decent. Right. And that happened three years out of the last four. Right. So I'll say, okay, I like these power rankings. I think they're pretty good. And then, you know, you want to look, did the power rankings correlate to covering, which is the the key component. Right. So um, that's really what it is. It's a, it's very much in progress, but you know, we've, we've had conversations with a couple different um you know, really well-established companies and through things like Bet Bash, you know, I've gotten to, to meet people who have given some really good feedback on it and kind of given us some direction about like, okay, well, where, where can we bring this? Because right now, I think it's in a weird space because the sports gambling spectrum, and I call it a spectrum, right? Because everyone starts off as a casual and then they either, you know, kind of make bets and then they either want to get better and get sharper and figure out ways to win, or they stay a casual, right? But then once you get want to get better, do you take that step to get better? And right now it kind of the toolbox kind of exists in that I want to get better, but we need to take the steps to get better. And we're trying to create a tool that will help people do that um, who want to take that bottom up approach. And again, that's a smaller sample size than most things because I think You know, the popularity of top down um, is 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 obviously growing at a really rapid rate. But I think as you have more top down bettors enter the marketplace, I think it's going to and this is just my opinion, I think it's going to create an opportunity where. People, you because it, and you've kind of already seen this, in my opinion, with with certain podcasts and influencers who do top down stuff, where they put a pick out, and then the, so much steam chasing happens that the line moves to a point where it's no longer sharp movement; it's overreaction. So, if you can point to, hey, I have bottom up numbers, and I have what I think is reality. It doesn't matter where the steam's chase, right? You can pick your correct the correct time to strike based on what where the line is, right? So, um, and again, that's just my projection for the for for the future of this industry. Is more and more people enter it and do that top down stuff. We're going to see just so much steam chasing, and I think having the ability to to bet without having to chase steam is is going to have some value in the future.
0: Well, I think what attracts most people to betting is trying to have their own opinions and make money off of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the top yeah. down,
0: like rationally, it makes sense for making money, but it takes the fun out of
1: it for people. For, for so some people. people
0: who want to have fun betting sports and win.
1: Yes. Yeah. It, that's a great point. I think you're, you're spot on.
0: Now, if somebody wants to access this sharps toolbox, how do they, uh, give it a go
1: so it's it's just www S-H-A-R-P-S toolboxcom
0: yep I think i uh, I'm gonna play around with it for this competition this
1: weekend check it out man it's 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 fun it's useful like I have my at this point I've dialed in my power rankings to the point where I, I really like them and the way it's set up right so we pay for the data. And it's updated after each game every week. So like you create your rankings and then you log in like Monday morning after all the Sunday games and the numbers have shifted. So it's like, okay, now, you know, I've got a, after there, it, it's, it's fun. And then the visualization tool that's in there uh, is super useful for me because I need to see things visually. So like I graph stuff against like, and this is, I'll do a lot of matchup things where I'll be like, okay, opponent rushing yards per attempt or passing yards per attempt versus rushing yards per attempt or passing yards per attempt. And then you can select whatever teams you want in there. So I'll just put two teams that are playing each other and be like, okay, can this team pass like legitimately? Right. Or, and like, you can do that with anything. Um, third down percentage quarterback hits versus opponent quarterback hits, right? Like how many are you giving up? You can check out a lot of different matchups in there. Um, and it's 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 helpful, man. Feel please feel free to play around and give me any feedback you have because we are very much still in the developing stage.
0: And you say we? Who else is involved?
1: I got a couple of friends. So I have one of my really great friends, um, who, who's our back end coder, and he's got just the most. He was my goalie, my hockey goalie growing up. Um, we played hockey together for years, and uh, his name's Robert Martinez. Shout out, Rob. And, uh, he's, he's a great human being. He, uh, he, he joined the Navy right out of school. He, he was over in Italy for like three years doing air traffic controlling, came back, taught himself how to code is in school right now in the GI bill. And, uh, he's been just crushing it for us, building out this product. Um, so it's me, him. And then I, you know, I got another friend who does like the graphic designing of everything. Cause I have no artistic talent at all and neither does Rob. So, you know, the kind of three of us pull some stuff together and then, you know, we have some other, other guys that kind of help, help us pay for things.
0: All right. Do you have any last words for uh, our audience today?
1: Um, Just Kevin, you're the man. Uh, Boogie You're the man. I, I, I appreciated this conversation. Love talking to you, man. Let's catch up again soon. And, uh, yeah, it's a great pod. I've really enjoyed listening to the episodes. When you texted me, I was like going through. I started at the first one and just kind of started ripping them off. And I was like, "This is awesome! Like, this is such a..." And you know, it, we can we can cut this part out, Jason. But uh, it's it's so much of what like Vison started as and is no longer. Do you know what I mean? Where like, it's just genuine bet discussion and like bet theory. And it's all about like, this is, this is how I got really into it. Right. Cause when I heard people talk about betting from this type of a perspective, I was like, Oh my God, this is so like analytical. And I was an econ major. So I was like, it's just like a, it's a market. This is awesome. I want to get into this. Um, and now I think with the drafting's purchase, decent has kind of gone to shit, but this is, this is the content that I love to listen to. This is exactly what, um, you know, I, this is exactly what the market needs and, and what, what people who, who want to get into it and want to get into it seriously need to have. So this is a great idea. I love this. 90 degrees, all the right angles, baby. Love to see it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really appreciate those compliments. I also appreciate the people hitting up my DMs that I don't even know to say nice things. I mean... If you want to shit talk the podcast, you can also DM me as long as it's constructive. <laughs> if it's Kevin Davis, you're ugly as fuck. I mean, I'm not going to respond. Yeah. But if it's like, you know what? I like the podcast, but I don't really like what you do with this. You know, then I'll listen. Um, because, you know, any sort of gambler or damage player of any sort needs to hear everything, needs to consider everything, need to figure out when they're wrong, if they're making the same mistakes, because they don't want to lose money because they're making the same mistakes. Um, I certainly consider myself the little brother, uh, this podcast, the little brother of Circles Off and um, Spanky's Be Better Betters. Yeah. Uh, Because I hear that. I'm like, okay, it's really changing how I think. So I'm like the next generation of podcasts per se, but without those podcasts, there wouldn't be a 90 degrees. And now I'm on the Circles Off YouTube channel. So there you go. Well, you're you're the first one on video. So. Yeah, how about I mean, that? Look at us. You're the pioneer.
1: You really should have thought that through better. If if people have to sit through and, and look at me for a whole hour, they they might they might click out and just listen to it on Spotify.
0: I mean, if you look, there's a video done by the game day um, sports betting shark versus Playboy model. It's me versus yeah. a Playboy model. Models versus models. Models versus models. <laughs> she just talks about her own modeling and picks baseball games, and I pick models. I pick baseball games based on my own baseball statistical model. And she's like, uh what? Who plays there? What's going on? I use tarot cards to make my picks.
1: I think at one point she asked, What sport is this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, it gets so shows about variance. It shows about variance because she actually won.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, baseball especially, right? You need a big sample size.
0: So that I forgot how many views is out on YouTube right now, but I think it's at twenty two thousand views.
1: That's awesome,
0: because uh, obviously the game day has a lot of cachet. Yeah, uh, maybe someday this will have twenty thousand views. We'll see.
1: Uh, fingers crossed, man. I mean, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot of attention quickly. I think because makes... I know Zach.
0: I think I need a Lambo in the background the
1: next time. Yeah, a Lambo, and and maybe I'll undo a button or something. I don't know. No,
0: nah, if I do an undo a button, it's got to be like a Gucci shirt yeah <laughs> it's got to be a pair of aviators
1: yeah a hundred percent hundred percent maybe
0: one of the future episodes will be like a parody of all of the touts
1: just have a big cigar in your mouth the whole time what if we go to the aquarium and we
0: have whales in the background
1: that would be amazing and like jellyfish but we need to get the lights correct where they're glowing in the dark
0: well on that note <laughs> great podcast <laughs> And check us out in the future because we have more great content coming. You're the best, Kevin. Thank you, man. Big bomb, bomb, bangers, boogie down, picks. bangers, big bangers, bangers, yeah. bomb, boogie down, Pit.